We are in week three of this series, which is called Road Trip, because we're going to talk about journeys. Uh, we talked in week one about Abram, who became Abraham, and how he was called really early on in the history of the world to leave his home to go forward to... to uh, help the people of God have their home. He was basically founding Israel. And so when he was called to do that, it was a time where there were no cell phones, there were no GPS, uh, there were no cars, there were like really nothing other than walking, camels, horses, things like that, but it took forever. So when he said goodbye to his family, he was possibly saying goodbye forever, yet he went. And even though he showed that great faith, later on as he went through Egypt, he lied and he showed a lack of faith, but God still used him and helped him through it and forgave him and helped him to grow, and he became somebody that we think of as a hero. And then last week we talked about Moses, who is also somebody we think of as a hero, who started his life by murdering someone, basically. And he murdered them and he ran away, because sometimes in life you are going to try, you're going to feel the desire, the temptation to run away. Uh, maybe you did murder somebody and you have to run away from that, but please don't. But maybe you uh, feel like there's too much pressure, there's too many temptations, uh, you're scared of college applications, you're, you uh, feel like your parents are against you, your friends are turning on you, uh, you have a breakup, you have bad grades, something like that. And so you feel this desire to run away. Moses did run away. And yet when he ran away, he still found God and God still gave him another chance to lead. And he came back and led. And he, he was able to, to move forward because you should always move forward, always have people around to help you. Do not be afraid to ask for help. And do not be afraid to be willing to say, hey, I was wrong or hey, I need to apologize. Uh, this week, we are talking about someone else that you know, Saul, who becomes Paul. And we're going to talk about how he was going one way, and he had everything planned out. He knew exactly what his life was going to be. And it wasn't just that he knew what his life was going to be. He was dead set, serious, adamant of what his life was going to be. Like, he had the game plan, and he fully believed in it. And so he's like, I am going to do this, and I am going to work this out, and this is going to be me. And we're going to talk about what that happened. So I'm going to go with Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues to in Damascus, asked for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So basically, Saul's entire goal, his entire mindset, his entire life was built around persecuting Christians. He wanted to go arrest Christians. He wanted to go seek them out. It wasn't that he wanted to, like, you know, be on the police force and if he saw them speeding by Christianing, then uh, he would arrest them. It was like he was going to go entrap them and find ways to get them. He wanted to go do it. Just a little bit before, uh, he had played a role in murdering Stephen, who was a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And so... A lot of people did that. A lot of people do bad things. A lot of people do the wrong thing because other people are doing it, because they're uh, peer pressured into it, because they feel like that's their only choice. Paul, Saul was doing this because he truly believed this. This is what his choice was. There was no, oh, I accidentally killed that guy. Or there was no, I accidentally uh, decided to arrest these people. There was no, I accidentally started following this way. This was, I believe this fully with who I am. In your life, there are going to be times where you're like, I am definitely going to be a doctor when I grow up. And then you get to your senior year in high school, and you're like, I kind of hate science classes, but I really like English. And this story went well, so I'm going to go to school to be 
an English teacher. And then you get to college to become an English teacher in high school. And, and you're like, wow, this really stinks. Being an English teacher in high school means you have to talk all the time and you're scared of public speaking. So you don't want to do that. And you're like, well, I'll just switch to English and writing and stuff like that. And so you do that. And you're like, I'm sure this is going to be because let me tell you this and you can tell your parents, if you want a lucrative decision in college, choose English because definitely the money will be rolling in. And that is pure sarcasm. But uh, so you decide, I want to go with English. I want to do this. And then you graduate and you're like, well, I have no idea what to do now because English, whatever. And so uh, then you're like, well, I'm going to work in the government for a little while. And so you do that. And you're like, I still don't know where I'm supposed to be. And so you go back to get your master's in creative writing. And uh, this is, you know, age old story. Everybody's dealt with this. And you go to get your master's in creative writing. And then you're like, what in the world do you do with a master's in creative writing? But you go home and you feel this call into ministry. And even though you're scared of public speaking, even though you have done everything to avoid it and you've done everything to move away from it and you've done everything to run away from it, to, to get away from it, to avoid it just because speaking is terrifying, uh, you feel God's call in it and you flip and you switch. Now, I know that you're probably confused and tricked like, wow, that sounds like a really generic story. No, that was actually my life. And so I, I believe fully for a long time that I was going to be a doctor. And this wasn't just like, hey, doctor's cool because they make a lot of money and they drive Lamborghinis, uh, things like that, although that was good. Uh, although definitely when I was a kid, I wanted to drive the car from Knight Rider more than anything. And so uh, it, it was, I wanted to do that. I was smart and I believed in, in that field. I thought it'd be cool, but it just never felt right. English felt right for a while, but it never felt home. And so over and over again, I had this full decision. I was a reporter for a while. Uh, I was a substitute teacher for a while. I was a tennis coach for a while. Uh, I worked in the government for a while, but that's hush hush. I can't tell you. And so all of this stuff I did and I believed fully this is who I would be, where I would be. I have a book that is published that has sold over five copies copies. And it's something that, that, that I really care about. But all of these things were not where I ended up because over and over again, my path switched, uh, recalculating. It, like if you've ever had a GPS, uh, especially when I first moved here, it's like I needed that GPS to get anywhere, anywhere. And so it like after, every once in a while, you like make the wrong turn and it says recalculating. And like you're trying to go to Walmart and you end up like in Jim's yard or something. And he's not very happy, let me tell you. And so it's all of this stuff. It recalculates and you keep looking for answers. You keep looking for who you're supposed to be. And this is where Saul was. Saul truly believed this was his path. And he started to go on this path. He was walking to Damascus. He was taking this trip. He was going to go do what he believed he was supposed to do. And now we pick up. Uh, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood, stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand of Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. couple things that are important here. Number one, uh, when he was blinded, he immediately, when Jesus said, hey, get up and go, he got up and went. Like, he did not 
uh, do what a lot of us would do and be like, I can't get up, I, I, I can't see, I don't know what to do, I'm so scared. Now, I'm sure he was scared and he didn't know what to do, but he knew the voice of Jesus. He recognized the call. He recognized that his path was wrong and he had to switch it. And so he switched it. Now, Saul had all kinds of trouble after that, Now, but he was always sure of his path because Jesus gave it to him. Uh, in my life, like I said, I've had a bunch of different paths that I was sure of, but, but when I went home from grad school and I was taking care of my grandma who had Alzheimer's, so that was a part of it. Uh, the very first week, I'd, I'd felt called into the ministry before that, but I didn't think it was right. It's like, I can't do this. I can't public speak. Remember from the high school stuff? A and so... Uh, I, I went home, and the very first week I was home, the very first week I was home, I went to my home church. And, and the very first day, that very first Sunday, the youth pastor stood up and he's like, hey, we really need youth volunteers. Uh, if anybody feels called into the ministry, we have a meeting after church. And that is one of those things where God, you know, not literally, but... but figuratively blinded me and was like, hey, here's a light. Follow this. Are you going to stand up like Saul and go? Or are you going to run away like Moses for a while? And so I did it and I, I went forward. Now that doesn't mean that I felt sure all of the time from then on, but I continued to trust God and continued to go with him and he continued to help me. One of the things I've said the last couple of weeks, you will never be called to anything that God will not prepare you to do. He will never put you in a situation where you have no idea what to do. Now you may be scared. You probably will be. The adults will all tell you at different points in their life they've felt a call or they've gone somewhere and they were scared there is nothing wrong with being scared in fact you can only be brave if you're scared now let me tell you how that makes sense because if you just run around and you never feel fear all the time I mean you're crazy for one but if you are scared and yet you continue to go forward you are scared and you continue to serve the Lord you are scared and you still stand up that is bravery you can only truly show bravery if you feel that fear and don't give in to it and, and so that is where Saul was he was scared he was blind he had no idea what to do he was basically just told hey your entire life has been wrong that college you wanted to go to it's not the right one that job you thought you were gonna have it's not the right one that boy or girl that you like they're not the right one this this is not who you're supposed to be. You are supposed to change. And he stood up and he went. And so for Paul, for Saul, uh, it had to be a scary time, but he still went forward. For me in my life with ministry, it was definitely scary, especially the first time I gave a message. Uh, and I will tell you this, um, the, the very first time I gave a sermon to teens was in Seymour. And I had a voice recorder because I'd been a reporter. And so I spoke everything I wanted to say. Like I wrote it out first because I'm a writer, not a successful, but still a writer. I wrote it out first. I read it into that voice recorder. And every day I would listen to it in my car. I'd listen to it when I walked. I would listen to it when I went to the gym. I would listen to it everywhere. So I had that memorized. And so when I stood up, I said exactly what I'd written, but it came out like I was reading it, you know? A and so it was not something where it started out boom amazing. I had to continue to give things over. I had to continue to trust him, to move forward. And that's the same with Saul. Now, uh, a lot of people, they do their thing and they will follow God when they're called to. They will follow God when they get that light, that ray of light shining. And they will do it until somebody comes against them and says, wait, let me tell you that Jesus is wrong. Let me tell you, I don't care what you think, you're wrong. And you'll give in to peer pressure. Now, Saul faced that too. And so I want to go to something else with the same scripture. Uh, now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street in the house of Judas. Uh, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias who coming in uh, and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, 
I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Uh, But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So you have a bunch of things going on here. Uh, if if so, we were writing this story, and I've talked about this each week a little bit, because the, the Bible is real people, and we kind of forget that, especially the stories we know a lot, but these are real people. So if you're writing this story, you've got Saul, who is the villain, and he sees the light, and he becomes a hero, and he becomes the greatest hero ever, and everybody's like, wow, Saul's amazing. But in real life, uh, people like Ananias, who are strong Christians, are like, wait a second. This guy just killed my friend, and he was doing all of these bad things, and he was against us. How in the world am I going to trust him? Now, Ananias, he had a choice too, and so God shone a light essentially on him and said, hey, I want you to go to this person who is your enemy, this person who is against you, this person who three days ago would have thrown you in jail with chains around your neck, this person who hated you three days ago, and I want you to help him. I want you to show him the way. I want you to teach him. I want you to guide him. I want you to befriend him. And Ananias could have been like, no, I, I cannot do that. You have to be mistaken, Lord. Now, now we know that's not how it happened. But what Ananias did was he went and he did it because God told him to go do something and he did it. That did not mean that Ananias was immediately, oh, okay, I get it. Saul's going to be awesome and I'm going to be his best friend. No, when he was doing that, he's probably still thinking, okay, I trust Jesus, but if he gets his sight back and he starts coming after me, I'm out the door. Like, uh, maybe Jesus is testing me here. Like, he's questioning it. He's scared too, and yet he goes forward. Um, Sometimes in your life, you're going to feel very right about something, but you're going to face opposition, or you're going to feel fear, or somebody's going to say, no, you're wrong, and you're always going to have this choice of looking at yourself, of praying and saying, am I really right? Do I need to make this stand, or could I be wrong? Now, in in things that are important, things that you're sure of, things that you felt called by God, it does not matter what anybody says. It does not matter if people say, no, you're not supposed to do that, you're not supposed to be that. If you are truly following God and you feel called and you feel in the right place, it doesn't matter because there will be a way. And so no matter what Ananias did, Saul still would have been okay. But Ananias stepped up and he did the right thing. Now from there, Saul did not Everybody wasn't like, hey, Ananias loved him, so I'm going to love him. A lot of people throughout Saul's life were like, I'm never going to listen to this guy. I don't care what he says. I don't care what he does. In your life, there are going to be people that are constantly reminding you of your past. They are going to say, hey, I remember when you did this. I remember when you said that. Now, if you've changed, it sucks, and you don't like to be reminded of that. It's like, hey, I'm different. And like, whatever, people don't change. People do change. And so it hurts, and it stinks when people say that, and they they throw stones at you, so to speak. But have people in your life who are willing to say, hey, you have changed, and I believe in you, and I'm with you. And believe them, trust them, uh, help them, and then let them help you. Accept help from people. Uh, Whatever you feel your path is, and you guys are at a point, uh, whether you're in middle school or high school, varying degrees, like especially if you're almost a senior, like you're at a point where you're starting to think about your future a little bit. You're starting to think, man, I really love living at home under my parents' rules, but maybe someday I'm going to be on my own. And your parents are already measuring your room and like, hey, someday they're going to be on their own. No, I'm just joking. But you're you're starting to look at things like, wait, I'm in seventh grade, I'm in eighth grade. What's high school going to be like? Who am I going to be? Am I going to join the team? Am I going to have friends? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And maybe you're in high school and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I was just a sixth grader. How am I a junior? How am I a senior? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go to college? Am I, where am I going to get a job? Who am I going to marry? All of these things over and over and over again. Now, this may shock you, but as you grow and become an adult, there are still things that you worry about like that. There are still things where you're like, wait a second, what am I supposed to do here? I've been in this job for 20 years. Am I really supposed to change this right now? Wait a second. Uh, I thought this is what my life was going to be, and now it's completely different. And so the only constant in your life will be trusting God, and he will always help you. Now, Saul, we saw, uh, if you know him as Paul, he is probably, other than Jesus, the most influential Christian throughout the Bible. Uh, he wrote half of the New Testament. Uh, he, he started a bunch of churches all over uh, Europe and Asia. He, he trained people to become pastors. He did so much. And it's easy to look at him as Paul and think, wow, he was always like this. But if you look back to this moment as Saul, it could have gone very differently. He could have said, I give up. I'm going to keep arresting people. I'm going to keep hating people. I don't care. But because he was willing to say, you know what? I thought that this was going to be my end point, my destination. But, but God recalculated it, and it went different. And he went. He moved. Last part of the scripture. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, uh, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. He stayed for a few days and then he went. He started preaching. He didn't take time to think, okay, let me go back to what I was doing and figure out if that's the right path. He's like, Jesus told me and it's right. Now, that does not mean that never in his life did Paul question uh, his life. I guarantee that he did. He got arrested a bunch of times and I guarantee some of those times he's in prison. He prayed and he believed in God. He believed in, in the Lord and his work. But there were probably times he's like, man, is this really my life? You're going to think that. Feeling doubt, feeling worry, feeling like you may not be doing the right thing, there's nothing wrong with that. Feeling temptation, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when you give in to those things. So trust the Lord to put you in the place that you can find the right path. When you have a moment, like for me it was that week where I, I went home and the youth pastor's like, hey, you're here for a reason. A little later on, the next youth pastor, I'd been working, I was kind of in the back hanging out and just like standing there as just a body. I didn't really do a ton. He's like, hey, what are you willing to do in ministry? And I, for whatever reason, put every, anything, anything you need. And so I started to teach and I started to do more. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm here. And so like, obviously I stayed in it. Uh, but like I said, there definitely have been points in my life where I was like, am I sure this is right? But I continued going forward, not because I think that I'm amazing, not because I think that I'm perfect, because I am not, and most of the people already can tell you that's true, uh, but because I trust in the Lord, and because he keeps doing things to show me my path. He keeps doing things. Even when I think I'm going one place, he keeps saying, hey, keep your eyes on me. Like when the GPS recalculates, don't panic. Just focus on me and believe in yourself, believe in your faith, pray, have people around you who are willing to say, hey, you're stupid, not you're stupid, but you're being stupid, willing to say, hey, no, hey, you shouldn't do that, who are willing to listen to you and that you listen to, and then talk to them, discuss it. You know, this is a scary part, but talk to your parents. Now, you're definitely not always going to see eye to eye with your parents. I can promise you that. I still don't see eye to eye with my parents. My mom ridiculously changes the thermostat in my home like, 7,000 degrees, even though I don't like it there. And so it happens. Like, your parents are always going to be your parents. But they love you. Now, they're not perfect either. 
but they love you, so talk to them. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Talk to me. Talk to the adults that are here. One of the things I like to point out is the adults that are here, they're not here to listen to me speak. They're not here to play wiffle ball, except maybe Rob, but they're not here to, to, to just sit there and play video games and do all this stuff. They're here because they care about the work the Lord has given them and they care about you. They, they have small groups and they come to the events because they care about you. And so we are here to listen. And I can promise you from me and from each of them, that if you're at a point where it's like, I don't know what my life is going to look like. I feel like everything's recalculating. None of us are going to be like, well, I don't care. We're going to be like, okay, tell me about it. Like, what, what did you think? What's it going to be? That's what you do. That's how you figure it out. As Saul went out through his life, he talked to the disciples. He talked to Jesus. And he trusted himself. And he trusted the Lord. So no matter what it is you think right now your life is going to look like, maybe your wildest dreams will come true. But maybe your dreams will change and you're going to be like, wow, I'm in a completely different place, but I feel right. Because no matter what you expect right now, as long as you trust the Lord and as long as you follow him, as long as you give everything you have to him, you will be okay and you will be on the right path. And that is what we learn from Saul and what we learn from Paul. And that is what we learn from doing what we can to follow him. That's all I got.